Hello and welcome to Super Rugby Round 2 Review, brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, a podcast, YouTube channel, Twitter handle and website. That's it. Um, bringing you the best in rugby predictions and opinion. And joining me tonight to uh, go through all the games and, tell, and for us to tell you where we think the play, the teams have come. How, blah, 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 blah. I could, I wish I could start again, but this is live. Um, <laughs> tell you how we think the teams are all going is Steve, the man behind uh, Cornflakes Crew. How you doing, sir? Hey, you remember? That's good. I'm very, very well. Good to be back. Uh, talk about um, the weekend's action, which has been sleepless nights watching so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you've done it again. What I've are you wearing? Again. Clothes. Come on. Clothes. The clothes bit's okay. The hoodie bit's right. Yeah, that's it. Hide the Wellington Phoenix jersey. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> no, not a football show. Got it. Got it. Okay. Oh, dear. Sorry. Um, anyway, for those of you watching, yes, unfortunately, uh, um, Steve has gone and uh, put on his Wellington Phoenix top, which is not good. Uh, it's always just always ruins my whole my whole de demeanor for the show. Uh, especially just for you. That's why I do it. <laughs> cool. Um, so, predictions-wise, <laughs> how, how do you do this weekend? Let's, let's quickly. I, I got a couple wrong. I got all, all leading up well until um, the joke of the Waratahs. And um, what was the other one I got wrong? Um, oh, of course, the Hurricanes. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk more about the Hurricanes. I'm not going to go into that now. But yeah, a couple, I mean, could have gone either way. That, especially that, that Waratahs game. I mean, oh, there was a team that didn't deserve to win. It was them. The uh, yeah, uh, oh wow well I went I was going to go through should we go chronologically or do you want to dive straight yeah, into the Waratahs one? Save the best one for last. So oh, got lots to go on the last one. <laughs> okay, um, so chronologically, the first one um, we've actually talked about this one already, so uh, um, a couple of nights ago. Um, but the Highlanders versus the Blues. So if you want to have a full forty-minute in-depth um, view into this, go back and watch the uh, po live post-game reaction uh, that Steve and I did. Um, but the Highlanders came out of this uh, winners 41-34 and uh, deserving team win? Oh, you'd have to say so. I guess they played the, the whole match probably overall better. It was, it was a great start to the weekend and it got everyone excited and, and up in the mood for some super rugby that didn't really last out the full round, unfortunately. But it was a great start. Uh, Highlanders, yeah, bit of, bit of 80-minute performance, but uh, that, that was a game that definitely could have gone either way anyone's match in the end um but exciting high paced yeah ever had everything in it um right to the better end but yeah good to see the Highlanders start off well though and and good to see the Blues actually competing nicely too because of, yeah, a lot of us thought that they were going to be average again uh this season yeah and I think that the, the big thing here is uh, unlike last unlike the previous weekend in round one we saw the two South African teams uh, show some rust, early season rust. This game didn't. This game could have been played, you could have been three quarters of the way through the season with both teams at their peak uh, playing perfectly. There was there was no rust in this game. The uh, the, the passes were sticking, the moves were all working uh, and uh, as you say, it could have gone gone either way. The It really got down to basically the yellow card um, probably saw the, the Blues run out of steam uh, towards the end and so you've got to say in some ways that Kiri Kiri probably caused probably lost the game for the, the blues i think not only did he get yellow carded but he also gave up a silly penalty late on which gave which allowed the, the highlanders to kick out back out to a lead uh, and on top of all of that he's managed to get himself cited did you see that i read about it just before 
Um, what's the details? Fill me in. Um, so he's cited for physically abusing a player by striking them with his head, which I think in <laughs> English means he headbutted somebody. Now I missed that during the game, so um, we'll have to see. Uh, so and um, so yeah, I didn't actually spot it during the game. I don't think any of the commentators or anyone else did, but it sounds like he's headbutted somebody. I think they said around about the 69th minute. Uh, I've, apparently the hearings were supposed to be on Sunday, but I've had a look around. And I can't find any results of the hearings. So, um, so this so, is a yeah. separate offence to what he did during the matches as well. Yes, this is not the offence he oh. got a yellow carded for. So this is another offence on top of that, uh, which means, yeah, if if if, um, if I was Tanner, I think I would uh, ban him for a few games uh, for that alone. Uh, never mind, um, and, and let the judiciary also do their bit because yeah, that's that's very poor. Um, by a player. Apart from that, uh, this was, um, I say, this was a good game. Both teams turning down threes uh, until the clock started to, until sort of halfway through the second half when clock pressure started to take over. Um, and my only negative from this game, I think, was the poor tackling. Uh, Highlanders, mm. 84%. Uh, the Blues, 79%. That's not great tackling, really, let's be honest. It's, it's two very attacking sides, though, at the start of the season. I mean, I don't know what what you really expect, but I think ultimately that game come down to, yes, the yellow cards, yes, a bit of ill-discipline by um, that man specifically, but the bench, I think, played a big part in that game. The Highlanders were off the bench, were really, really strong, uh, really, really good, kept that same intense level, didn't drop anything from it. Um, and the Blues kind of fell away as the match wore on, I think. Um, two Smiths were fantastic, the key men, um, just doing everything exactly right. Um, Aaron Smith's game was... You know, top shelf. Uh, it's more than what we can say about his other all-black counterparts playing in the number nine jumper throughout the week. Uh, but we'll talk about them shortly later. But um, yeah, overall, I just think they got the bright players the ball and um, kind of played how the Blues played the start of the game when they were you know, shooting out and doing the good things their way. So um, yeah, a clever play for the Hunters. I think it's a bit disappointing that they got the bye uh, in round three. So we won't get to see them you know, back that up and uh, straight away. But but good start for them. And, oh, yeah, like I said, good start for both sides, but a uh, lot to work on for the Blues. They can tidy up um a lot of things around the area. But if they, yeah, get, get in a Kirikou for a few a few months and um, hopefully he learns his lesson and comes back a bit better next time. Yeah, I think the, 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 the Blues, they sort of blew hot and cold. We saw a bit of panicking by Poole at one point when Sonny Bill Williams tapped the ball back to him and he should have just taken contact. And then on the flip side of that, we saw Sonny Bill... Duffy, Rico Duffy, messing around down the five-yard line, five-yard corridor, scoring a try. So they blew hot and cold. Andre in the live chat goes, um, Highlanders will be the entertainers this year. Score and can see plenty in most games. Both teams will struggle in the tournament. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of positives about this for the Blues. They didn't execute quite so well. They, I say they, 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 they panicked at a couple of stages and also had Kiri Kiri being a bit of a, a wally. Uh, but, um, but apart from that, they, 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 did, they, they did a lot of good things. Uh, Aaron Smith's uh, box kicking was also on point this time, which is great. Uh, he's much more known for his kind of his sniping and his and his accurate passes, but his box kicking was also on point. As you say, both Smiths came out. In fact, all the All Blacks um, that play uh, for the Highlanders came out and played well. And uh, one of the things I say is, when they play well, the team plays well, and they and, and they and they get their points. So, um, yeah, very much uh, as expected. I think in some ways, if yeah, when those guys when those guys click, the Highlanders click. Yeah, and you could also add future All Black Rob Thompson clicked pretty well as well. Yeah, Rob Thompson also Big played call. very well. Um, and also, actually, a player that you called out um, 
I think preseason. Also, the the I've gone blank as to the name. The guy in the number twelve jersey, uh, the younger oh, guy, Ty Walden. He also had a good game as well. I thought he was going to be the weak link, but um, but no, both those centres outplayed their all black counterparts. And if you talk about the positives from the Blues, I think uh, a lot of what was talked about preseason was the number ten as well. And it was good to see Bryn Gatton have a pretty solid game. I thought. Um, yeah, he, he was nowhere in the second half, but first half he was really, really good. Um, and the key guys in their side, because like you said, a lot of positives on the Blues, um, but the Ioannis, um, like we talked about after the match as well, Akira, the game was made for him, um, but good to see him performing. Uh, Rico, of course, being involved, but yeah, the Duffies, the Sonny Bill Williams, and those guys as well. It's good to see them you know, taking a bit of responsibility for the team and performing at a decent level. Um, yeah, surely if they can, you know, keep up that sort of uh, momentum of the first half. Um, they, they will definitely upset a few teams this year. Yep, and we saw a very different uh, game in the second game. We went over to Australia with the Rebels hosting the Reds. The end result here was 45 to 19. I mean, I predicted Reds, Rebels by five. Uh, I didn't see a blowout like this. But then again, I also didn't see a red card and a yellow card either be uh, coming into this. So uh, Scott Higginbottom, shoulder contact with the head, um, maybe uh, a, maybe a little bit harsh in the fact that he's a tall guy, hit a small guy, uh, but you've got to you've got to bend those legs um, and 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 get down. Uh, it looked like so. I don't think it was a um, uh, maliciously going for the head. I think he was just, he was the, as you said he was the guy, he was the guy taking the high tackle, and there was another guy taking the low side of the tackle. So um, yeah, poor execution rather than intent. I think that yeah, you could. You'd have to argue that it was a silly tackle at the same time. Possibly didn't need to go on so hard. Possibly didn't need to go on like he did. Um, yeah, but we've, we've seen it. It's just become the trend throughout the opening couple of rounds, isn't it? You just you, you touch someone's head with a feather and you're going to be going um, for, for 10 minutes in the bin straight away. And already, like, you know, everyone that knows my channel will know that yellow cards are a big deal. We've had 11 this season already. We've only played nine matches. We've had a couple of reds as well. Last year, we had 143 yellows, and I think we had about nine red cards from memory as well. So we're well on track. Everyone talks about the high-scoring record that we're going to beat again this year, three years in a row, whatever. Who cares? It's yellow cards. That's the real record we're going to be chasing. The reds, though. Um, I, read a, I read an article in the newspaper, um, and it went on about all the matches. And at the end there, it said, uh, the reds, uh, you're stuffed. That, that was his parting comment at the end of the article. I don't even know who wrote it, but I thought it was rather apt because they look absolutely, completely woeful. They look terrible. Apart from that first 20 minutes when they first uh, lost that red card, they were they were pretty good. And I think the Rebels were a bit stunned as to what was happening. 13 men they were down to, and they were still scoring tries. Um, but after that, you know, it all, all became too much for them. Uh, glad that the Rebels did actually come good because they have to or else there's going to be some serious questions asked about this team uh, over the rest of the season. But they come good. Um, probably the biggest concern they'll probably have is they didn't really finish that well, the Rebels. I think the score they had, it was 45-12 or something, um, with about 20 minutes to go. And they didn't actually add to that at the end. So good match. They got the win, but a yeah, close game. Are uh, they going to be closers uh, to finish out and take a win? Exactly. I, I well, for the Reds, I don't think there's anything we can take from this. They got the, that red card on 10 minutes, uh, a yellow card on 23 minutes. Um, and in fact, uh, Lucan, how are you supposed to say it? Uh, the tip tackle on Genia has been cited and it should have been a red. And it would have been a red if Higginbottom hadn't already gone, to be honest. And then after that, basically the Reds played well and then ran out of steam. And who knows what the Reds will be like? We can't tell 
from this game. On the Rebels side, though, it took them a long time for them to get to, to take advantage of the extra man. As you, as you say, uh, it was it was seven fourteen after twenty eight minutes. They had two men advantage, and they were still losing that game. That was appalling from from them. Um, and again, they got up to 45-14 uh, after 57 minutes, as you say, and they couldn't close the game out. Um, some good things from the Reds, though. So the Rebels, though. Uh, Genia is the heartbeat of that team. Yeah, he looks back on form. He's got a horrible hairstyle, but he, uh, <laughs> but 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 he, but he's playing uh, playing out of his skin. Dame Hellet Pissy also looked good and put on a lot of good yards. But the Rebels had a 58% tackle success rate. 58%. That's appalling. Um, so yes, I don't think, uh, uh, again, a couple of good things from the Reds, but from the Rebels, um, but I think, um, oh, I'm going to not be able to say his name now because I can't read it, but, um, uh, the, the fly half. Debrasini. Debrasini. See, there we go. That's not how it's written. Anyway, Debrasini, um, (laughs) is, 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 is not a super rugby, um, fly half. Uh, sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the Rebels are going to struggle personally. But I say there's not much we can we can take because they're playing against so 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 few men. Um, Brent in the chat says, "Would we have complained if that if it was a yellow rather than red? Probably not." But Andre is correct that it does tick all the boxes for it to technically be a red. So um, so yeah, that's that's where there. And Andre reckons that the Rebels will only beat the Sunwolves going forwards. Well, talking of the Sunwolves, um, obviously you know oh, that I slept. Segway. I slept through the. F- <laughs> See quality. See, I've only done 580, vid- 580 videos to get to this level of, of, um, of skill, and I can't even do an intro properly yet. So, um, where were we? Uh, Sunwolves versus the Brumbies. That was slick until you called me up on how slick it was. Um, I slept through the first half, but I saw you tweeting at me saying um, Sunwolves have dominated um, the first half. They lead nineteen fifteen. So I missed the first half of sleep. Tell us all about it. How did it go down? Oh, first question I've got asked is, what the hell were you doing asleep at five o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> because I've been up early um, to do the oh. France-Italy game, um, and I was up early again on Sunday morning to do the England, uh, sorry, Scotland-England game. So, uh, yeah, I've been um, sleeping odd hours, basically sleeping when rugby is not being played and being awake when rugby is. It's just been all great, bit bit nuts. Well, but I can anyway. tell you one thing. The Sunwolves were 100% entertainment plus um they look good they really really look good this season um yes they're at home probably made a big difference it was the brumbies i expected better things out of the brumbies so we saw in that game they struggled through the whole entire thing uh the sun was look really strong in the forwards which is probably the area that i consider them to to struggle the most being a japanese side japanese teams don't excel as a as a pack they have standouts in in few positions in their forwards, but ultimately, as a as a unit, they're never really as strong as as many other sides. Um, but they looked really good. Uh, the addition of of those um, New Zealand, Australian, South African players in their team definitely makes a big difference. Uh, we already talked about like the Willie Britses and players like that. But what I think the big difference was, and I think we talked about it um, previewing it when I was talking with whoever I did. Be mate, must be Daniel Scottish Cannon. Um, the number 10s at the Sunwolves, uh, big, big difference, especially um, Hayden Parker. I thought, uh, played very, very well. I thought he was really, really good for them, um, throughout the game. But just the backs, uh, the Lafayette's just so strong, uh, so quick, um, so hard to put away. And they they looked slick through the backs, the passes, 
to hand, there was continuity, which, you know, being Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown, the combination we've seen at the Highlanders, um, the forwards were solid, doing the jobs, winning the ball, setting a platform like you do. Um, but the backs, it was just continuity throughout. The passes were going to the man, they were going to the chest, they were hitting the players on the speed, and they, they just they looked like a completely different unit. Um, and they were impressive. They were scoring tries. And to be fair, the Brumbies were pretty scared that they were going to be in. And they were lucky. They were lucky to escape that with a win. Um, and I think the Sunwolves really should have escaped with a bit more than just one bonus point. Well, okay. So the In the second half, the, the, the Sunwolves managed two penalties. Uh, and they, they, did, they brought about their own downfall. Right? Passing the ball into the post um, and allowing uh, Kieran Dryan to pick it up and put it down. Uh, that's the first time I've ever seen that happen. Um, so you've got to say that the um, that the, the, the yeah the Sunwolves were the were the engineer uh, their own their own downfall there. Um, the Brumbies only kicked fifty percent of their kicks. They left a bunch of points out there. Uh, so I think from that point of view, uh, the Sunwolves were lucky to come away or to be close enough to get that losing bonus point towards the end of there um, because the Brumbies should have put them out of sight by then. Um, rather than uh, allowing that that situ- allowing them to be that close um, come come the finish, so um, I thought the Brumbies would be um, uh, would be better better um, coached or better um, or better drilled than they were. Um, it's that's the kind of thing that um, that we expect from the Brumbies. We're expecting the Brumbies to to probably top the Australian Conference. So I thought they could have done better than that. But um, yeah, uh, well done to the Sunwolves for getting themselves up in that first half. Uh, and to, to come away with a losing bonus point, really. Um, it, it's good to see that, but I can't see them coming away with two more wins this season. Well, they're going to be a team at home, aren't they? That's where they're going to excel the most, is, is when they're in their front of their home fans, which, I mean, results like games like that, even though they lost, that's they already get good crowds, but that's going to get even more support behind them because that's tries. That's entertainment. That's what the people go to watch. And it was, it was a really entertaining game. They were exciting. Yes, they, they, they were the architects of their own demise in a way as well, but they did play exciting rugby. Um, it's dry. It's good conditions. It's a good crowd. It, it, it's just a fun time for them, and, and it's going to make a big difference for them in the future as well. I think uh, Brumbies were – I'm not sold on the Brumbies yet. I'm not convinced by that performance. No, but they will – I think they will uh, – they'll get slicker with players like Pocock coming back. Um, I think I think they'll improve. The – and so a little teaser for tomorrow. One of the questions we'll be asking in the Hash Rugby Chat show is which ground or which Super Rugby ground has the best atmosphere uh, to, for, for, for a game of rugby. Um, and I think it could, we, we, some, somebody, me, will be arguing for the Sunwolves, I think. So, uh, so let's have a chat. So, so, so join in the Hash Ooh. Rugby Chat tomorrow night. Uh, at have the you same been to Dunedin? Uh, I haven't been to Dunedin, nope. Oh. But um, there you do. Perhaps you'll have to dial in just, just for that one question to, to, to <laughs> put that point across. Um, so, yeah, so in the end, uh, the, the Sunwolves lost 25-32 to come away with a losing bonus point. Um, and uh, just popping back to the, the Rebels-Reds game, Higginbottom apparently has come away with, with a three-game ban um, for, for, from the, uh, for, for, his, for his red card there. Then on to um, the second New Zealand derby of the weekend, the Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Um, 45-23. This one really blew out towards the end. Um, and another one where the referee had a big impact. Yeah. The, I don't know if he really changed the match. It's a decision I don't agree with 
fully, but I think this is a typical Crusaders performance, isn't it? They go in, they grind a team down over an hour, they just kind of play it how they want, and then when it's all you know in a big pile on the floor, that's when they go and just completely destroy a team at the end. It, it's Crusaders, it's cliche Crusaders. Um, on that bad call, yeah, I, I don't think it should be both the try and the card, and two, what are we talking to? We're talking two, because I think we're two bad calls. So before we even got to this stage of the game, um, where it was a yellow card where D-Max head was basically was taken off by a high tackle with a swinging arm. Uh, the referee decided that D-Max was going down, um, and therefore the uh, and therefore he gave a yellow rather than a red. Um, to my mind, D-Max was at full height. He's not a very tall guy, um, but that he was at his full height and got uh, got taken out um, by the head. So. I think that one was supposed to. That, I, I'd have gone for a red there, and then I think um, it, for the, the yellow card and the penalty try, for me, um, it, where, where is how is the defender supposed to touch the attacking player? If an attacking player decides to dive towards the line, then they have to take responsibility for that, not the defender, because the defender's got nowhere that they can touch that doesn't basically get them off the pitch, and that's my so that's my uh, my, my 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 point around that. It might be against the um, the rules. But uh, or, or not the way the current rules are, are, are written. But that's my view as to how it should be uh, should be written. But anyway, unless you really want to have got to go on about the referees, there's much more to talk about in this game. The referees, and I'd like to get away from that. Well, one quick point before we do move away from them, um, I think it's more not a bad call, as in just inconsistency on the call. Is what I'd more call it. Um, it's just not the same for everyone. And on their whole crotty tackle with the um, around the head, um, yeah, and that happened again later on the round. I don't know if you've seen it. I can't remember if it was the uh, the Lions Jaguars game um, or the Hurricanes Bulls game. I think it was the Lions one. There was also there was a, a ruck cleanout happened, and uh, a guy got a yellow card for that too. But he, he literally could only go into the ruck one way, and the man's right in front of him. His head's right there. What's, what's he supposed to do? So it's the same sort of thing. It's it's getting to the point, um, yeah, where else are they supposed to go? So, yeah, that, that's all I'll say on those. Um, but I do think that the whole crotty tackle should be one or the other. Um, and we've seen that again in a, a match as well. Um, same game. That was a Hugwaris game. Um, penalty caught, try and a yellow card. Killed them. Uh, it did, and we'll get on to that one later. <laughs> the one you're talking it's about... It's the, the same, same situations. It's a very it's different situation in the panel, in the um, the, the Haguaris one because that's a slap down. It's not a it's not a dangerous tackle. But the um, two things. Oh, you mean the two the, things? One. Two things. Oh, oh yeah. the, the you, you don't. Th- oh, yeah, the double whammy. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's that's how the rules are written at the moment, and that's unfortunately how it's going to be. Mm. The other one that I don't. Uh, um, but the, the one in the Lions game that you're talking about, where he goes in with his shoulder and t- hits uh, to, to the guy's head. Um, it's well, when you're joining a ruck, you're supposed to bind. There was no attempt to do that. The player was off his feet. He was getting blown by the referee anyway. Take, he basically was taking the law into his own hands. He should have just tried to grab and lift him or, and let the referee deal with it, to, to be honest on that one. But, hey, um, it's easy to say in hindsight and not in the heat of battle. <laughs> so, uh, but, the Crusaders, <laughs> but the Crusaders um, basically took advantage of, the, of a couple of Chiefs' errors to get up and then basically played scoreboard, error, scoreboard pressure Sorry for the rest of the game. Um, and basically, at the end, the score blew out as the as the Chiefs started to try to try to chase the game, and that um, yeah that, that penalty try didn't help matters. Um, this wasn't a 45-23 game. This was much more perhaps a um, a two score game rather than the 
what is that three or four score game difference mm. um and that came down to the um to, to i guess some of dmac's playing a lot of people are having a go at dmac in the first half he played very flat um, and we saw errors come about because of that because of the high pressure defense from the crusaders in the second half before they were chasing the game he took two steps back um, and at that point managed to play um much uh, play much better a bit more space distribution distributions was, was there we didn't see the errors uh, from, the, from the from the crusaders pressure so i think he, did, he just needs to learn when he can step up and when he can when he needs a bit more space um, and to alter that himself not wait for the not wait for the uh, the coaches to tell them at half time um, and then yeah there were errors towards the end but they were chasing the game they, that, that, that that's how it was that's how it's going to be um Oh, I thought you had some more points there. No, I was going to agree with you there. Um, I think once once the Chiefs tried to desperately throw all caution to the wind, that's when it completely uh, blew out. But yeah, no, oh, not no, I don't think anyone's sold on McKenzie at ten after any performances they've seen on. But yeah, it's going to take a it's going to take all season for him to really get any bearing on it. There, it's going to take a long time. It's going to mess up everything in front of him and behind him and all around him. So it's just. Yeah, if they want it to happen, they're going to have to wait. And the Chiefs are probably going to suffer um, on on cause of that happening. But you did notice in the second half, when he did drop back a lot, the old Damien McKenzie was back, wasn't he? He was mm. coming back from kick returns. And and he, made, he just made you look and go, oh, yeah, where was this for the first 60 minutes? But I, I see what he'd gone with, um, but it, it's going to cause a lot of pain for the Chiefs isn't it? in the long run. It's going to cause a lot of people to be asking questions why. Um, but yeah, that, overall, I think this game was just complete Crusaders tactical um, genius of what they play, how they play, and they just control and they just grind down. And it's it's just class, class team, class tactics, hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, turnovers really hurt the, the, the Chiefs, 10 for the Crusaders and 17 by the Chiefs. Um, uh, the, is, is, is my key stat from this one. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, but I, I think McKenzie will be fine at 10. Uh, I'm going against the grain. Uh, he's, and being able to mix it by stepping forwards and stepping back, as long as his uh, scrum half is aware of where he is and passes the ball to him rather than to some rather than wrong space, then I think he could cause a lot of teams a lot of problems. Now, on to the one that you've uh, already had a mini rant about. So, <laughs> oh, come on. Or- Waratahs versus the Stormers. So the Waratahs came out ahead 34-27 in this game. Um, I personally thought the Waratahs stars did well. And it's this game, I mean, the Waratahs is all about Hooper, Foley, Beal, Falau, and the rest of them are extras, let's be honest, in in, in, in this show. And I thought those four did pretty well. So um, you, your, your pre-show chat suggested uh, otherwise. Well, it's, I don't think, over the whole match, they were the better team. Would be would be put out, what I'll put it down to. Um, the game pretty much ending up to be a draw, harsh as it was. But yeah, both teams are really poor in some places and really good. I think the Stormers scrum was probably the the best set, set piece we're watching in the whole weekend. It was just you know when they got singing along, they were just destroying all in, in front of them. But the difference was their lineout was pretty terrible. The thing is, with a scrum and a line-out, is Waratahs can quickly put that ball in and out, and they're gone. Um, a line-out, you've got to win it. You, you can't really uh, cheap around a poor line-out. So that was a big difference. Yeah, I agree with you. I think 
Foley played pretty well. I think if they miss Foley, the Waratahs are going to go down the toilet in a big way because he is just that linchpin. Um, Falau's game disappears without Foley. Um, it all completely goes away. So in, in the forwards, I think I think Storm is definitely with a bit of those two sides. And the way that game ended, um, yeah, great, great for Stormers, um, for Waratahs fans, I should say. But it was a bit anticlimactic just when that line out all collapsed and it was like, yeah, we know what's going to happen now. And uh, yeah, good on them. They played played to the full 82 minutes and, and got the win. But it was, yeah, it was an interesting matchup. But I think uh, the better team lost on that night. Oh, interesting. Uh, so it was a very even affair. Obviously, it was twenty. It was uh, seventeen all at half time. It was twenty-seven all as the clock ran out, and the Stormers had a line out. Uh, now the Stormers line out had not been functioning that well. They they lost three line outs in this game, uh, and so what? You, yeah, it felt a lot worse, didn't it? Um, yes. So you've got um, you've, you've, you've 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 times out. You're in your own twenty-two. It's about you you you're drawing the game. You throw it to the front. You take a, low, a high percentage ball, give it to your scrum half, kick it out. You're on the road mm-hmm. in Australia, and you've come away with a draw. That's not bad. No, they throw to the back of the line out, miss everybody, lose the ball, and lose the game. And it just shows poor decision making by the Stormers there uh, under pressure, which is um, which is really bad. They should have got the they, they should have, at the very least have walked away um, with with a draw. From this one, but they haven't done. They've 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 missed that opportunity. Um, the uh, the Tars uh, the the, the Stormers failed to take advantage of the yellow card, um, and they let uh, let the tar, let the Tars off with uh, with um, with silly penalties at times. So I think the Storms have got themselves to blame for this one, mm. um, and they, they they should have done a lot better. Yeah, I agree with the comments that I'm reading going through there. From Andre saying the Stormers are going to regret this loss. Um, yeah, they will, and and they should too, because they were good enough to win that game. And I agree with what you're saying. Get that out, take the draw, a draw on the road for a South African team. Top marks, take it, run, take it, and go. Um, yeah, they played well enough, and I think they got some real key players in there that can control the game. Um, we've talked about many of them already. They're senior guys just doing the job, but. They just seem to lose their head at key points. That 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 final lineout, yeah, they just completely. As soon as that ball went free, Waratahs got that uh, breakdown. They they were just they were playing like Waratahs of last year. They had no idea where to go. They were just all like headless chickens running around with, with no clue what to do. And there was just everyone around the ruck. No one was out wide. The defensive structure was out the window, and you just seen it all gone down. Soon as that ball come out, it's like no, 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 not like this. This is not the way it's supposed to be. But you know, come you know, around whatever near the end, 14, 12, when they start to tally up if they're gonna make the finals, they're gonna say maybe that one would have made the difference for us. Absolutely. And they are Mr. Ebenezer Beth, let's be honest. Um, he would have brought some leadership to to the line out, definitely. So and a yellow card or two. Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, and then, um, but then, yeah, I'm sorry. You're the expert on yellow cards. You know who picks them up. So I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll leave that to you. So um, talking about yellow cards and discipline, the Lions played the Hagiwaris. Oh, these segues are just going so smooth tonight. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> the, the Lions ran out 47, uh, 27 winners in this one. Um, and I think they were deserved victors. They, they, they show that, they, that they're playing well um, under their new coach. But um the, the, the definitely the 
the Haguaris were, were a little bit hard done by um, in this game. Um, but before we get on to that, I thought Mapu is playing um, some wonderful rugby um, at 13, getting round uh, players and releasing players. Um, Demanti, I hope I got that right, um, <laughs> um, uh, has had a great debut um, to Super Rugby. Three tries in two games. Two of those um, are wonder tries going down for sort of try the season contention already. Uh, and the other winger, I've gone blank as his name, also um, um also um, got in for a, a good try. They're looking pretty slick, the Lions, so far. They do. Yeah, they look really slick. And that was one thing I was going to bring up about them, those guys. And you, you, you partner them with uh, Kudzir as well, the fullback, who is um, a solid, no-nonsense guy that, that's very classy, but he's kind of like a Ben Smith in a way. He does does what he does well, and he, he doesn't he doesn't make too many blatant errors. He takes his ball, he doesn't do anything wrong, and you put him to have two young guys, very calm, get the job done, and they are electric. They are just amazing. They are a joy to watch. Um, that Dianti kid, he's going to be just amazing. Um, so yeah, really really excited about them. But I did notice from that game, that opening passage, probably what have I got about twenty minutes or so of that game, the Lions couldn't do anything. Um, the the Hagwaras were all over that game and they were leading uh 12-3, I think, from memory at one point, and they looked they looked really good. Um Bofelli was amazing. He was carving them to, to ribbons and the Lions were making breaks themselves, but the, the Hagwaras were defending really, really well. But it it all turned. It all turned at one specific point um of the game, which was the second double whammy, which I'll segue perfectly back to you on. So yeah, so the second double whammy that you're talking about was the Lions were out wide on the left. Uh, the had a man overlap, the puts the pass out, and the winger deliberately knocks the ball down, um, stopping the move dead. Now, uh, yes, that's a yellow card. It was a deliberate knockdown, but the double whammy is the uh, it was penalty in yellow, definitely. The double whammy is they also gave away a penalty try. Now, I thought the penalty try was harsh, to be honest. I think the number nine would have got across. I think the fifty um, there was also another player um, sweeping across. I think there were two players that could potentially have tackled the winger. Um, and stopped the try. So um, to me, that wasn't a penalty try, but it was a yellow card and it was a slap down. It was a penalty. Um, later on, they, there was also another yellow card, um, which we talked about, which is a player uh, going in on uh, with the shoulder uh, into the ruck where there's a guy laying all over it. And they, yeah, there was no, nowhere else for him to hit, but he should have, should have tried picking him up or something instead. He, he can't take your launcher at your own hands if he's lying over the ball. The referee blew for a penalty and it got turned around. Um, and the penalty count of 9-12 against them. Discipline is, again, their problem. Um, and I think the other thing here was they're playing at altitude and they um, uh, and basically they, they ran out of steam as well towards the end there. Yeah, that, that penalty try just completely changed that match. The Hagwaras were leading up to that point. Um, they were in control of the game. And that wasn't the first time that they had knocked the ball down um, intentionally like that either. So they... They were playing on a, you know, the knife edge as you were. So uh, you got to you got to be careful of that. But yeah, the, they were twenty odd meters out. It was still a long way to go. Uh, was was a pretty harsh call on them, and I think that really changed the game because after that, the Lions took the lead, um, and then it just it just completely got away from them very very quickly. I think the Hagwaras did lose lose it a bit. They, it was like the Hagwaras of old. They lost their composure a bit. Everything went out the window. The game was essentially over. Before they thought 
well, let's try to get back into this. And they scored some good tries at the end, but it become just an open kind of training game. Everyone was just having a good go, chance in their arm, and tries just flying thick and fast. So I do think having take a good out go. probably the Lions trying to play out for their own goal area, having a good go. That was just yeah. As you say, <laughs> well, when you're it descended, like twenty points. It descended into being yeah a, a bit more of an exhibition game towards the end than the the, the, so the was, real yeah. rugby, um, which is just farcical. I, the Lions ran 666 metres with ball in hand. That's nuts. Um, 294 for the for the Hagiwaras. Um, but also tackling. Uh, I've got to bring this stand up again. Lions, 84% tackling. That's okay. It's not very good, but it's okay. The Hagiwaras, 64% tackling. I yes. hope you've got that stat for the next match. I really do. The um, I haven't, but I will go get it for you. Um, oh, you biscuit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was that was uh, that, yeah. The Hagwars. That's two games on the trot now where they've lot where, where the decisions have gone against them. There's got a yellow card, and they've lost the plot. And they need to get that. Uh, they need to stop doing that. They need to understand that they will. That there will be times when they get yellow cards against them, um, and they've just got to learn that uh, to, to to keep keep playing uh, because they would, as you say, they were still in this game. Uh, mm. There was no way they they they, they should have. Uh, they should have or needed to, um, to to capitulate in that kind of way. Uh, um, so moving on then to the last game of the round, I will go and get the tackling stats while you um, give us a pricey as to how the uh, Canes lost this one. Well, I mean, how long you got? I, this this is a game I could I could talk about for quite a long time. I watched this knowing the result because I did watch it the next day, being working on the weekend. So I did watch this one, knowing the result, and I saw the first half, and I just two things, okay? Two things in this game. I'm going to narrow down to what happened. The Bulls, I'll mention they're good. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, especially four and five. Their second row, um, just ridiculously good. Um, forwards, hitting tackles, offloading, opening up space on the outside. Just those guys... It doesn't matter anyone else. Pollard was was decent enough as well. They all played all right. Um, but just those second rowers were just phenomenally good. That's that's point one of why the Bulls won this game. Point two. Oh, well, yeah. Um, and, and what was good about them was they attacking in the inner that's down the centre of the pitch. Yeah, offloading. Um, and I do have the offloading stats. So that's one I want to. So that, that was one of the key stats oh, I was going to bring up. Um, that uh, offloads. The Bulls 22 to the Hurricanes 10. How often does a South African team have more offloads than a New Zealand team when they play each other? Yes, fantastic. They were outstanding. They were, they, they were they, good. They were truly brilliant. Yep. And you hope we got stat better ready for the next one because it's number two. And it said the Hurricanes couldn't tackle a wet sack of potatoes. They were disgustingly bad. To see one man just fall, two guys fall off him and then lay on the ground as if they're hurt and then just slowly trundle on back. They were horribly bad i'm trying not to use bad words here but they were so bad i've not seen a defensive effort that bad in just about any super rugby side in a long 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 time um yeah that the defensively they were terrible their forwards were, were woeful um especially um well, the whole pack was pretty bad all around um yeah they played all right i thought they fed scraps uh to the backs it was Houston. Yeah, he played pretty well, but boy, he got didn't get a good pass in his hands all night. Um, he just got scrap bounces rolling on the floor to him. He had nothing really to work with. Arso and Lamarpe didn't really get anything. And I'm going to go back to a man I thought might improve at the Hurricanes, but he high west was absolutely terrible. 
He was no direction at all, um, no threat. So it just gave them more time and space to target their center pairing of Arso Lamape and then obviously outside those guys as well. So, yeah, it, it, the thing that got me about this game, and I'm going to ask you one question, okay? One situation, one situation. Here we go. So you got 20 minutes to go. You're trailing by four points. You got Ehigh West playing really badly. Uh, Julian Salvia, <laughs> terrible out in the wing. Matt Proctor out of his depth at fullback. And you've got the golden boy, Bowden Barrett, sitting on the bench. Who who do you bring him on for? Simple question. Who 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 do you sub him on for? I would have brought him on for West, to be honest. Um, I think West blew hot and cold during that game. Um, which hot is and some, cold? As, as a, as a, no, no, he had his moments in that game, but he also it's had some, some awful ones um, as well. Um, the But personally... Um, I like to, uh, um, I, I, yeah, I personally, I mean, being a Blues fan, uh, I, I've, I've watched West more than I would like to have ha had to do. Um, and yeah, he's not, um, he, he had his moments, uh, was, uh, but, but he also had some, 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 some howlers as well. He passed behind players too often. Um, and at the very end there, fantastic little off uh, switch move with Bowden Barrett, gets the ball and then tries to chip and just chips into someone's hands. Um, to lose the game, and that was just like no. Um, so yeah, West unfortunately, um, the uh, um, is, is, is yeah, not 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 for me. Now I think that double tackle that you mentioned at the end of the first half came down to altitude um, and tiredness, uh, which we which we shouldn't be seeing this early uh, um, in, in the season, uh, even from a travelling team. But this is going to amaze you here. Um, the Hurricanes tackling percentage eighty four, the Bulls tackling percentage. 77. Oh, so don't believe um, it. <laughs> the Bulls tackling, yes. Admittedly, um, the uh, so the Bulls missed, uh, uh, made 40, uh, sorry, 64 out of um, 83 tackles, um, and the Hurricanes made 107 out of 127 tackles. So they they uh, they, they they did miss one more tackle, but their percentage was was actually better um, than the Bulls. And the problem also is the the Hurricanes line out wobbled um, as well, uh, and it's kind of interesting that. You, you, you don't associate kicking out uh, as uh, with, with with New Zealand sides on the whole, um, but the the Bulls had eighteen lineouts. That shows you how often the Bulls were in the um, the Hurricanes twenty two, and the and the Hurricanes were just having just having to just do normal exit strategies and trying to get out of their own half. Um, the uh, and, and yeah, I think that was that, that was a lot of this. If you look at the territory. Uh, uh, the first half, the Bulls had 65% of the territory and 56% in the second half. Uh, the, the Hurricanes played a lot of this game in their own 22. were having to kick it out. They just didn't, get, they just didn't have the game their own way, um, and that really told um, towards the end. Yeah, I think they took a long time to wake up as well, the Hurricanes. Uh, both teams, uh, I can understand maybe the Bulls had played in round one, but obviously they hadn't. And two teams coming up fresh, and the Hurricanes were, were nowhere to be seen and that opening quarter of an hour of the match as well. Um, I'm interested to, to know what you thought about uh, TJ Perinara as well. I kind of uh, um, explain it, but I kind of describe the way that they play sometimes the Hurricanes. It's like they spoil little kids. I know people are probably not going to like that, but with the exception of, I think, Barrett was really good when he did come on, but just wasn't involved in the game enough. But they kind of play like in that game in, in ways as if they expected to have already won the match. Um they played as if they could 
tell what was going to happen and could control it themselves. And when it didn't happen that way, they did kind of lose their marbles a bit. Um, Perinara is probably one of the most um, chatty scrum halves going around. He probably talks, would you say, too much, if not anything, complains about a lot. Um, but I just just think as if they didn't like how it was going and did throw their toys out a little bit, I think they could definitely do a, a lot better um, you know, in the rest of the games. You've got to, you've got to pick it up a lot better from that. But that, I don't want to take anything away from the Bulls as well because all the Bulls did play really, really, really well. Um, that pack was, was immense. And regardless... Um, they deserve that victory. Um, do you put it down to John Mitchell being the super coach? You know, we talked about it before. <laughs> we have talked about it before. Late, and um, who was like, I, I was actually um, uh, chatting with someone at work and we were looking through the uh, the coaches. We were discussing who were going to be the future coaches for um, for the All Blacks. And we had a quick look at the past records. Mitchell's record as an All Blacks coach was pretty good. Um, it, it clearly just upset the press because he didn't talk to the press very nicely. Um but um, no, yeah, you could see his effects in this in the way they played down the middle with offloading style. They played really well. Um, uh, the, the, the the skill level of those forwards, we've not seen South African forwards play like that for, for quite a long time, um, if ever. The uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with you here. I love, I like TJ as a player. I hate mm. his mouth. Um, I wish he would just shut up sometimes. When the referee says, "This is what happened." And he goes, no, no, this is. It's like, whoa, TJ, hang on, calm down. The referee decides what hasn't happened, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't happened on the field. If he says something hasn't happened, if he's, um, then it hasn't. You can't go back and tell him you're wrong. Um, and I'm amazed that so many referees put up with it, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, I would like TJ to, 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 to watch what he says a bit more. Um, but as a player, I think he's a, I think he's a wonderful player. Um, and uh, I... I, I and his option taking is pretty good. I think I mean, look, he had four runs, two breaks. Uh, he knows when to go um, and he can go really well. Um, and it's, it's, it's a good passing. I, I, and yeah, I think this was more about um, about West rather than TJ. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I definitely wasn't saying it was his at all. I just think um, the more of the talking was about him. I think, yeah, decision-wise, he was pretty good. Like the little grubber for the Barrett try um, was, yeah, clever, smart. Um, and I... So the way he plays is, is very, very good. I like the way how he's a very different sort of play. He's a strong, power-based uh, halfback as opposed to being just a distributor or or a little quick little snipe taker. He's he's a power man. He, he takes the hits, and he's a very good sport player. No question about that at all. But just, yeah, just it takes it too much into his own hands sometimes, and he should just, you know, buckle it down and, and get the team in behind him a bit more and, and, and you know, front up with, with the whole team behind him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um... The so yeah so that's well we've that's all the games and we've already we've over we've only overrun by seventeen minutes which this this show is only tw only only fifty percent longer than I expect than we aimed it for it to be um, so <laughs> um, but I think what we can, what we can say is I need to eat my words around the Bulls preseason I said they were this was a two three year project for um, for Mitchell and I think they're going to be challenging towards the top end of that uh, of the um, of, of the South, of the African Conference now. Um, it's going to be a great three-way battle between the Lions, the Sharks, and the Bulls. I think it's going to be a really interesting conference this year. Um, the Hurricanes, uh, I think once they're home, I mean, they've got to go to the Hague Warriors next, which is um, a hell of a lot of travel. Uh, so once they get home, um, I think we'll see um, much better from them. Um, so I, I wouldn't discount the the, the Hurricanes um, uh, yet by any stretch of the imagination, especially when when Bowden Barrett start, is, is starting in, uh, instead of um, Ohio West um, as well. There'll be a different prospect entirely, but um, 
yeah, the South African conference um, is, is is starting to look good. The the the, um, the New Zealand conference again looking great with after the two derby games uh, uh, this week. Um, the Australian one, yeah, a bit lesser. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a struggle. Um, I have one question for you there. Was there a reason why Bowden Barrett did not start their match, or was it just a selection? I think he's been at a couple of weddings recently, or didn't uh, did he actually get married himself recently? Um, so I don't think he's had as much preseason recently. Yeah. Um, plus, also he has um, uh, played an awful lot of rugby last year. He's one of the few players who who didn't who seems to seem to start every single All Blacks game. Um, yeah, I, I would. He, he has bigger fish to fry this year than a couple of Super Rugby games. See what the Hurricanes think at the end of the season. <laughs> he okay, made a big oh, difference, though. Completely fair. He was there was a massive difference when he came onto the field at the end of that game. Um, but yeah, we we are we are right talking we are talking the um, the World Player of the Year for two years running. He's going to make a difference on any team he comes into. And number ten. Not 15. <laughs> it has been at 10. Cool. Um, so, um, <laughs> as I say, we have overrun by a long shot. It's, um, um, thank you, everyone, who's been watching. This, uh, every Monday night, we'll be going through the previous um, uh, the, the previous week's uh, uh, games. Uh, so, so do join us back. Uh, we will uh, finesse the format to try and get it down to half an hour rather than um, 50 minutes, which is what this one's already run out to. Steve. Um, Quick, let's get off the air. Where can people find you and get in touch with you during the week? Um, Cornflakes Crib, that's all you need to know. Find me, Twitter, come, come have a banter on there or on YouTube, of course, for all the videos. Um, all sorts of rugby stuff going on there. Come have a, come have a uh, stay and uh, say hi. Cool. I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, at Driving Mall on uh, Twitter. Please do, if you're watching the video, watching um, the video, there'll be my face there um, to subscribe, or up there's my latest video if you're watching the recording. Uh, if you're watching it live, then just go down below and click subscribe. You know you want to. If you listen to the podcast, obviously pod obviously subscribe to your favorite podcasting app. And this week, uh, we've also had the sh this show tonight. Tomorrow night, we have the Hash Rugby Chat um, show, where we'll be talking about the hot topics in rugby. Wednesday nights, I will be doing a show um, just for my Patreons, uh, which will cover the Rugby World Cup qualifying. And I'll be doing a show at 9 p.m., so an hour later than this, um, giving my Aviva Premiership predictions with a professional fan out of the UK. I, mean, I don't even know that we had, you could be a professional fan. Thursday, you can do that. There is one, one guy who's a professional fan. Um, learn all about it on Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday, we will be previewing the um, next round threes games. And then obviously, when we get into the round three, we'll be I'll be doing some live post-match reactions as well. So um, don't step away. Do subscribe and get all of the live action right here.